NapaBroadcasting.com, the online radio home of Napa Valley College. Welcome back to Napa Valley College Now here on NapaBroadcasting.com. We're going to spend a little time right now talking about the Napa Valley College Foundation with its president, Bill Hardy. He's a former trial lawyer. He served in the U.S. Air Force as a news writer and producer. He's a graduate of Colby College and the University of Maine School of Law. It is my pleasure to welcome him here to Napa Valley College Now. Bill, thanks so much for coming in. Well, nice to be here. It's great to have you here. First of all, tell us a little bit about uh, your background, your history. Well, I uh, practiced law for 30-some-odd years, and, uh, and I retired to come out here to Napa Valley uh, about 11 years ago. And I've uh, always been interested in education. And, and I was a scholarship student and uh, got my both my undergraduate education in law school as a result of scholarships and other support, so I'm naturally interested in it. I have, uh, I did work in television for a while, both in the, in the service and, and afterward. Uh, I, uh, I, I really enjoy helping people. I, when I practice law, I, I represented individuals rather than corporations, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh, I got interested in the college because it seemed to me to be a very highly leveraged way of helping out. In other words, if someone gets a, a two-year degree in something and it means that they go from from be, having no real prospects to having a decent middle-class job, that's pretty good. And if you can do that in two years and, and have that much of an effect on someone's life, it's uh, it's very, uh, very good for us. And, and uh, I've enjoyed it. I have a son here who uh, uh, is a scientist and, and uh, lives in, and works in San Francisco and it's we love we love the area and uh, I'm really excited about working with the foundation for the college. What do you think the biggest challenges are? Not so much for the foundation because we'll talk more about that. What do you think the challenges are for this college in particular and community colleges in general right now? The biggest challenge is that the colleges are losing money uh, from the state from state budgets, and uh, as a result, they've had to cut. And then this includes our college had to cut programs, had to cut class space. And the result is that not everyone who wants to take a class can take the class. And so uh, it's it's failing in that respect, in that limited respect, not fulfilling its purpose, which is to provide a, a source of education for everybody in California who wants to go to school. And, uh, and we'd like to get that restored to the extent possible. Is this something that you think that is going to be restored by the state at some point, or are colleges, even community colleges, going to be left to fend for themselves? They're going to go have to go out, and whether it's through a bond issue or whether it's through capital campaigns or whether it's through the foundation trying to raise money in other ways, that it really is going to be left to the individual colleges to, to fend for themselves in many ways. I think it's a combination, uh, Jeff. I, 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 I'm not... Uh I think the colleges are are getting less support, and they are they're going to be requiring bond issues from the from the voters. And and uh, uh, the, the next time that happens, the voters should be should remember that this is the, about the best bang for the buck anybody can get as a as a taxpayer. Uh, but it's whatever support we can supply is going to going to augment that. So I, I think the state is the principal support of community colleges because of their state their state schools but there is a tremendous need that's fulfilled that's filled only by bonds which which is capital need there's no way of building buildings and making other capital improvements through 
money you get from the state. So that's why you need right. bond issues. And, and in terms of programs that are important, such as scholarships and such as other programs that uh, are important to the school and the students, the only real way of doing that is privately, and that's where the foundation comes in. And talk about that, because we certainly look around, I mean, to use as an example, our hospitals. Queen of the Valley Hospital went out and raised 35-plus million dollars for a new building, and it may even be more than that. I mean, is the college in a position to be able to do the same thing? Certainly it's every bit as important to the community as, as health care is. I agree. Uh, it's the frustration that we've had as a foundation to not be able to uh, raise that kind of money or raise a significant amount of money. Uh, one of the pr problems that we have, it, most colleges raise money through alumni. And one of the difficulties with a community college is that people come here for two years and they go to school and then they go to Berkeley or Davis or right. Stanford. And they, uh, when you ask them 10 years later, uh, are you a, a graduate of? And they'll say Berkeley, Stanford, or Davis. And so their loyalties lie with their later schools and maybe even a medical school or a law school or something. Uh, it's, uh, it's frustrating to me because that's really, this is really where they got their start. And without this kind of start at the price that that community college is, most a lot of these people could not have gone on to get the, the rest of their education. We're going to try to re-educate people about that and, and uh, get people interested in, in becoming active alumni. That's one of the goals of the foundation. Uh, the other problem is that I think there's a general sense in the giving community, if you will, in the, in the people who might be prospective donors, that the state's going to give the money, and so I don't need to give money because the state is already supporting the school. And uh, that's something that also requires more education. People just have to be told what the, the parameters of uh, state education support are. And once they realize that, most people, you know, get the idea that, that we, need, we need help. And, uh, uh, but we, but this, the Queen of the Valley, you know, which... To use an analogy, I mean, it's a great institution, but uh, they get a tremendous amount of support from people who come and pay their health care bills, you know, or pay their, their Blue Cross or whatever. Right. And uh, uh, somehow that, that they have a tremendous uh, ability to raise money, I think partly because they're, they're more efficient at it. But uh, our goal, my goal, uh, is to uh, for us to get into that league. It has always been... A different thing raising money for education. I mean, it always comes with a whole lot of baggage, some of it good, some of it bad. But as you say, there's always this perception that somehow the state or the federal government or some other governmental entity will solve the problem. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's uh, true. I, I, I raised money for the law school I went to, which was nominally a state school, but was did not receive support from the state. And I had a hard time explaining that to people, even to other lawyers who sometimes can be kind of hard-headed and difficult to deal with. But uh, uh, no, I, I, uh, I think that is, that is the biggest approach avoidance, if you will. Uh, the other thing about comparing these two institutions mm -hmm. is that people at the age when they're going to be giving are, have more affinity to the hospital for obvious reasons than they do to a school that educates people in their 20s, their teens and 20s. And so they're farther removed from any needing to support a school and, and uh, more, uh, and more into remembering what it was like when, when grandma was, was right. treated well at the hospital. And that's, that's a pretty natural affinity, I think. And, and I, I certainly don't begrudge the queen. I think the queen ought to get all the money it can, 
Well, I mean, I used them as an example. No, I understand. I could have picked any other hospital. But but the the other part of it is, and maybe this is part of what has to be related, the the impact it has on future generations, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, particularly of those that are at that giving age. Well, uh, you know, there are some there are some interesting statistics about that. The uh, when I when I mentioned that the bang for the buck happens uh, at the community college levels more than and any other place, it's really true. I mean, the the value of a community college education versus not having a, an, an education is is pretty remarkable. I think the the figures are something like uh, two hundred thousand uh, two hundred thousand dollars more a year can be earned by a person who has a community college education versus a high school education, and that's uh, and that's a lot of money. I mean, and and people have, I mean, all the all statistics are. Are favorable. There, there's less crime. There, there's more health. People are healthier when they go to college, uh, and uh, so that it's a, it has a tremendous benefit to the community. When you think about it, if a person in in that in in Napa is earning a two hundred thousand dollars more during his career than he would have without the support for the college, then he's adding two hundred thousand dollars to the economy of Napa. And if you multiply that by the 9,000 students, and uh, it, it makes a huge difference. And there's almost nothing that a giver could give which would have more effect on the economy of Napa than supporting schools and, and the, the college and, and the kids at the college. What do you see that the foundation needs to do here in this community to A, better integrate itself with the community and to do it in, in B, in ways that get this message across that you're talking about? I think that one of the, one of the things which we're addressing now is we, start, we have an, an initiative called NAPA First. NAPA First is a, a type of, of granting program or scholarship program, but what it's designed for is specifically is to only be for kids, uh, students from Napa Valley, students who are resident of Napa Valley, uh, not to begrudge the other students, but this is just to connect us to the community and for students who are going to complete their education, at least nominally here, so that they would be certificate students, respiratory therapy, uh-huh. EMT, police, etc. Because those are the people that will go back into our community and become part of the fabric. And... Uh, the other students who go on to other schools are typically very good students, and they they will get the scholarship help. And we we award a lot of scholarships, uh, but we want to be connected directly to the community. And to that end, we're going to be working with the Napa Valley Education Foundation locally and uh, the other educational organizations to uh, hopefully have a pathway for, for students to come directly from the high schools knowing that they can come to the college and have financial support. And uh, currently, just to, just to put some numbers to it, currently the, the foundation gives 200, and, last year gave $201,000 for student scholarships. And that, that's out of our endowment, and that's, that's uh, an ongoing commitment. We also gave $213,000 for support for the college for educational materials and technology and and other uh, program supports so uh, we want to basically increase that dramatically but also to focus it just on those students from Napa and on those students who are going to finish their education at least here obviously they may go on mm-hmm. later but uh, we're looking for kids who can get from 
having a, a, the, the outlook of just being able to, to work in McDonald's or have a, 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 a working class uh, non-professional life to having something more, to having a, a middle class life. And, and uh, we think we can do that. And we think we can do that rather efficiently if we can get some more help. Mm-hmm. And talk a little bit about your specific goals, what you want to accomplish in the next year, let's say, you know, well, during your term as, as president of the foundation. And how does that break down? What are the immediate objectives? The immediate objectives are twofold. One, to increase the amount of scholarship support in keeping with this program, this NAPA mm-hmm. First program, to really launch it, because it hasn't been launched. I mean, it's been launched, but it hasn't been funded yet. Uh, Secondly, to provide more support for the college itself, to, to do more program support so that people at the college can get things that they need, you know. That may include, uh, one thing we did last year, for example, was the smart classroom. The smart classroom is a way of wiring, if you will, a classroom so that it accepts all sorts of modern technologies uh-huh. for teaching aids. It costs about $30,000 or $35,000 per classroom, and there are many classrooms here at the college we funded uh, one, possibly two of them, during the, as a result of a, an event that we put on last spring. And we hope to do more of that. Uh, we want to uh, support the college and the students. That our, our mission is broken down into those two elements. One is to provide broad support for the school. And we've done that. <clears throat> we've con- we contributed pianos, for example, to the Arts Center when it was built. Uh, and... and did the smart class we're going to do more of that we do we do support for the culinary program as a result of a generous gift uh given uh, a few years back and we uh administer the the endowment and the 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 endowment is administered for scholarships and for program support our our, my goal for the next year is to is to increase that so that it'll make a real fundamental difference so that when a student leaves Napa High School or Justin Siena or Vintage, wherever they are, and wants to go to Napa Valley College to school, that they will, they will know that they're not going to, that finances is not going to be a detriment or a, a, not going to withhold them from being able to complete that. Do you see any kind of nexus between the culinary and hospitality programs and, and the, the wine program with all of the various businesses that are part of this community and a way to make that supportive of both the college and the programs within the college? I do. I think that uh, the relationship between the college and the business community, especially in those two fields, needs to be a two-way street. And to that end, I think the college and, and we as a foundation need to do a better job of communicating to the business community what we can do for them and, what, and asking them what they need. Because we really would like to know what uh, the people in the hotel industry and the people in the, in the, in the food, uh, food service industry would like from us. What, what kind of instruction, do they, what kind of trained people do they need? And uh, if we know that, we can tailor the instruction to that, you know, to, to that degree. Mm-hmm. But uh, we want to do more of that. We, we, one of the things that, one of the criticisms, or implicit criticisms, I should say, of the school has been that it it's physically and and culturally disassociated from the college, from the valley and that's first of all it's not really true i mean it really is there is a tremendous amount of integration but it's still this is still a public perception in some places that that it's sort of the school up on the hill and it has nothing to do with the valley and they're not really involved in the nitty-gritty 
day-to-day operations of, of the valley. But that's not true. I mean, the you know, the policeman that, that gives a ticket is probably a Napa Valley College uh, uh, ex-student and a, a graduate, and the, and the person who helps you with your respiratory therapy probably is as well. And a lot of people that you meet in the community are really have gotten their start. If you talk to a lot of kids everywhere, people everywhere, they, they say, uh, uh, you know, the college really, really helped me. I mean, I, 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 I paint. I went to, took painting classes, and I, and I learned to paint. And uh, uh, I, in my case, I learned to paint in a sort of very mediocre way, but I learned. And, uh, and, and it was a wonderful pleasure. It just it added tremendous enjoyment to my life. And uh, uh, that was something I owed to the college. It's one of the reasons that I got involved in it. So there's just a tremendous amount of integration into the community, but it needs to be told better. The story needs to be told better. And that's one of the things that I want to do as much of as I can. How do you see doing that? I mean, you hit all the key points in terms of what the perception is out there. How do you see turning that narrative around? Well, that's that's a toughie. You know, I, I... I think it, it really comes down to numbers. I mean, you have to start, you have to look at statistics, you know, like the ones that I just mm-hmm. told, talked about. That, that money went directly to students at the college who are, or somebody's son or daughter and, or someone's brother or sister. I, I, and I think telling the stories, the individual stories. I met a woman uh, last year at this event who I'll never forget. This woman graduated from Napa Valley College with a, with a nursing degree. In the same year that her son graduated from Napa Valley College, it had been her lifelong dream to be a nurse. And she had, she'd raised four kids. She just didn't have, didn't have time. Like a lot of parents who are busy, they just don't have time to pursue their, their dream. And she, and she said, thanks to you, meaning the foundation mm-hmm. and the college, I was able to pursue my dream. And tears were in her eyes. And, and, uh, and she graduated at the same, the same year that her son did. I thought that was really really a good story and I think that kind of story if told more and if if out in the public dialogue I think would really help pushing this narrative Mm -hmm. and this comes back to the point that you made earlier about involving as many alumni as possible if it even if it's not in the financial giving area it's telling those stories I agree and and that so we're looking for people to do that and uh, uh, if anybody has a a particularly uh, interesting or intriguing story about what happened to them as a result of their relationship with Napa Valley College or their or their study here, I'd be really interested in hearing about it because we we're, we want to get those things out. What's the impact? What do you see as the impact, and how did the foundation respond to the recent bond issue? Not quite making it, came close, but yeah, not quite. Did. I I you know it's it's it was it was. Uh, very disappointing uh, for a lot of reasons, and, and I believe, but I believe this. The, I don't believe there's there's a lot of antipathy. There are always people that don't want to spend money, no matter what. But I don't think that's very many people. I just think there are a lot of people who just didn't know what it was all about. And uh, it, you know, it, it. Somebody told me this wonderful story. It was, it was somebody on the foundation who had been has been affiliated with colleges, and he said. When you do a bond issue like this, you, people will say, "Well, what are you going to what are you going to build?" And you tell them, "Well, I'm going to build this building, that building, that building, and that building." And then you, then they'll say, "Well, what are you going to build?" And then you say, "I'm going to build." You say the same thing over about the tenth time. Uh, 
you, you give up, and then the person leaves and turns around and says, by the way, what are you going to build? And, and, I mean, people just don't – for some reason, it, the message doesn't get through adequately. And, and I, I don't know what the answer to that is. It's beyond my pay grade, as they say. <laughs> but uh, uh, I, I uh, think it just needs to be a better story. And I think if you tell a story, if you tell people honestly what's going on, I think people will respond. People in Napa are good people. I mean, it, this is a very charitable valley. It's impressive to me from someone who – as someone who comes from uh, the East Coast uh, – how really generous people are, and uh, and I think if people knew how much how, how important the bond issue was to the community, I think that that would have gotten that many uh, many more votes easily. Scale models of buildings, yeah. maybe that way they have to actually yeah. see them and build the buildings on Main Street or something. I don't know, but I mean, it's uh, uh, somebody was telling me one of the other local community colleges, I think in Santa Rosa or somewhere, they did a bond issue was. The, the vote was in the 60s or 70s in favor. I mean, it's just a question of, uh, of the community having the perception that this really touches them. Because people say, well, you know, what does it have to do with me? You know, and, and, and don't forget, that was an off-year election. It was an election where most of the voters are older, whiter, and, uh, and they, they, they tend to be more conservative fiscally. And I think that was probably it. They, just, they took one look at $198 million and said, no, I don't think so. And not because they did, they wouldn't have spent the money had they realized it was like you know the equivalent of one latte a, a week or something, but it's just because it, this was a big number and they didn't understand it. Well, a lot of it also is, as you said, an off-year election, a much much lower turnout, and yeah. uh, maybe. And given all of that, it came pretty darn close. Yeah, it did. And you know, I I I think I mentioned I worked for a television station. We we were the in the, in, a, in the the Boston market, which was that that time was the number four market, and we had the number three station in the in the three station market, which is never a good thing. And uh, we used to refer to our viewers as the faithful few, and I think that's kind of the way the voters are in the off year elections. I mean, they 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 are the the faithful few. They're just a few people. When you think about the percentage of voters that voted in this election, it was very small. Is it your hope that there'll be another opportunity for a bond issue down the road, two yes. years, or? Absolutely, yeah, and I, and I think it will pass. I think it just, I, I think it's just a question of, as I suggest, getting the the, the message out in in a clear and honest way, so that people understand what they're paying for. Talk a little bit about what you think the role of the foundation needs to be in that effort with respect to a potential another bond issue, and could it have done more this last election? Well, that's a kind of a murky area, as you probably are aware. Right. The 501c3 outfits, such as we are, are not allowed to to do politics, you know, as such. However, there's a lot that you can do, and that's been interpreted by the California Attorney General and others. Uh, and I think probably within those parameters, within what we're allowed to do, we could have done more. Talk a little bit about, and, and you put essentially a call out there for people that have stories. How are you going to find those stories? How are you going to sort of seek those out at this point? Well, uh, this is helpful. Uh, uh, I've uh, talked to any number of people. Uh, I'm a trial lawyer. I have no difficulty talking. Uh, <laughs> probably more difficulty listening sometimes. But uh, but I, I do listen as much as uh, as I can, and, I, and I've heard a lot of stories. And, and I think the, the thing is to... To get them out, you know, and and get them out into the into the general uh, uh, zeitgeist, and and that's that's the that's the real challenge, I think. 
And finally, talk a little bit about the nexus that exists between the foundation and the foundation board and the college board of trustees. Well, the, the, uh, the board of trustees uh, actually has an ex officio member on our board, which is not filled right now, but but it is certainly welcome anytime to come to our meetings. Uh, I, I was at the last meeting with the trustees and, and you know, explained to them what we were doing, and I'll be at many more of the other meetings. Uh, I think that relationship needs to be a lot closer, uh, just because those folks are the ones that are that have the uh, power of the purse, if you will, and also uh, the, just the supervisory power of the school. And we need to work together. We need to be working on projects that are important to them and important to the administration of the school, as well as as uh, as important to students. And there, there should be no uh, there should be no air between those two positions. I I, I think that uh, that we need to work closer with the trustees, and, and as long as I'm president, we will. Bill Hardy, president of the Napa Valley College Foundation Board. Bill, I thank you so much for coming in and spending time with us here on NapaBroadcasting.com. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com.